This is Your Working Life, a podcast that provides you with tools, inspiration, and resources so you can enjoy your career and love your life. I'm Caroline Dowd Higgins. I'm a speaker and a career and executive coach. And today I welcome Jamie Emilio to the show. Jamie's going to talk about how to take your grassroots initiative and change the world. Jamie, I couldn't be more excited to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you for having me, Caroline. This is so exciting. Well, I am thrilled. So you are a passionate woman, and having read your book, uh, the subtitle is called Find Your Passion, Commit to Action, Change the World, but the main title is called Staying Bothered. So let's start there. What do you mean by finding your own bother? Well, we all have things that bother us. And I'm not talking about little bothers like spilled coffee or work deadlines. I'm talking about big ones like mental health, homelessness, the environment. And I wrote Stain Bother to share what I've learned about the importance of finding a personal cause, which sometimes is the easier part, but really sticking to it and doing something about it. Yeah. You know, I think it's those things that really bother us that allow us to make an impact and change the world. I'd love for you to take us back, though, because you lived in Singapore. And while you were there, you took a trip to Cambodia. And that led to something that really bothered you. And I think it's the underpinning of this book. So if you would be so kind as to share a bit of that story, that'll set this up for our global audience. It absolutely is where it all began. I, I was an expat in Singapore. We were there as a family for my husband's work. And when you're living in a foreign country, oftentimes you meet other folks that talk about all the experiences they've had. And people were sharing these wonderful lists of places to go. Go visit China while you're here. Go visit Vietnam. Well, Cambodia was on that list. And as I checked off the countries on my list and traveled a lot that year, it was the first part of 2003, the next year that I went to Cambodia. And it was the first time I was walking on the backside of the incredible temples of Angkor Wat. It's one of the wonders of the world. I'd read about it. I'd seen it in books and on National Geographic. I couldn't wait to get there. But as I was standing on that back deck, a little girl came up to me and tugged at my shirt and asked me for a dollar. And I looked down at her and I said, what do you want the dollar for? And she was so disheveled and little brown eyes and just cute as could be, but just really, you could tell how poor she was. And I, I couldn't believe that she was there asking for a dollar, probably about eight years old. And she told me almost in perfect English, she wanted it to go to school. And it was that moment that I thought, hmm, I'm not going to just push her away. Something was going on. So I asked her if she would show me her school that afternoon. And she did. And I walked into a classroom that was nothing more than four walls and a dirt floor and kids piled up on desks, just big smiles, but my heart sunk. And I, I could not believe what I was seeing. It was it was that moment that my entire life changed. I was so bothered by what I saw. My kids went to school. We lived two hours away. They had everything they could possibly want or need. And here we were just across the ocean. And these kids had absolutely nothing. So I couldn't wrap my head around the fact that 
this was really happening. So in that moment, I did find my first bother and I made a conscious choice to commit to improving things and I promised I would come back. So I started building a network of friends and family and I founded Caring for Cambodia that same year. We went back with backpacks full of school supplies and um, pencils and shoes and small things. But with the help of volunteers from all over the world, Caring for Cambodia today has built 21 schools and we educate over 6,800 students a year. So it's pretty amazing. It was just a vacation and it turned into something really powerful. It really did, Jamie. That's incredible. I mean, that story is just visceral. I'm just picturing that young girl, right? Tugging at your oh. sleeve. That is so powerful. You know, what I love about your book is it's it's not just a memoir. It has tips about how we can get involved. So that was a bother story for you. And, and I'm sure all of us can hearken to something that really moves us. But how do we translate that into action? Because you're all about change in the world, one one bother, if you will, at a time, right? And it, your it's story, true. Yeah, mm. and, and your story is, is so motivating, but I'm sure millions of people are listening to this saying, okay, great, she did it. How do I even start? Because it seems overwhelming, especially when the bother is so large. It can be, Caroline, you're absolutely right. And that's sometimes where people stop. They don't know what to do from there. But if you stop and you feel that passion and what really bothers you and you take a minute to just say, I'm going to commit to do something. You don't have to start an international organization to make the world a better place. If you're bothered about something in your own hometown or in the city next to yours, go figure out how you can do something. Take a minute. The internet is at our fingertips. Our fingertips, go look for something on how you can get involved with something that's meaningful to you. It's funny because I hear all the time, I just can't do enough. A dollar's not enough. I, you know, I don't have hours a week to work. But the truth is, and I've seen it through the years, and, and women working in different organizations all over the world, it's an hour a month that can actually change the world and make it a better place. And those baby steps add up, you know, it's a cumulative global effect. So I'm with you. Do the hour. Absolutely. And, and set your goals. Re honestly, right now, everyone's in holiday mood and we're saying, you know, next month, put 10 minutes on your calendar to say, I'm going to go really look into why my city is so full of homeless people. What's going on? I see it every day, but why? And can I do something? And you can. Let's riff on that because you truly believe that people need to create a habit of doing something to help our communities on a regular basis or address the very specific bother that is passionate for them. So what other ways do we create a, a lasting habit? It's a conscious effort. It's just like you're going to go to the grocery store and get the milk that you need that day. You need to wake up every day and say, I'm going to do something about something that bothered me. And once you connect to that bother, and look, it can change. It doesn't have to be the same thing that you stick with your entire life. But once you really commit, write it down, put it in your phone, say it out loud to someone else. Things happen. Get off the hamster wheel for just a moment. You know, think, feel that feeling of, ooh, that's not right. Wow, I wish I could do something. 
then take that next step. That's the hard part. Oh, I'll get to it later. Yeah. Right. I love how you said, say it out loud, because I'm, I believe the same thing, that if we put it out into the universe, there's accountability, right? And, and our loved ones and the people that we trust will check in and say, how's that going? And it can be inspiring, but it's also accountability. It's so true. I've seen it happen over and over again. And I, I love the organization I, Caring for Cambodia, that I work with every day. We're primarily women. I, it's, we're 90% women that run this thing. And it's funny how we'll say out loud, we are going to do this today, aren't we? You are doing this today. We are making the world a better place because it's a collective effort. It's a group of people that are staying bothered. I love that. I can hear the energy in your voice. Jamie, we'll be right back after a quick break. Your working life is powered by your stories. We want to hear more from our listeners about your experiences in the workplace. Tell us what challenges you've overcome or tips you've learned along the way. And even better, if you don't have the answers, let us know what issues you want to know more about. We want this podcast to serve all of your working life needs. Send me an email at caroline at carolinedowdhiggins.com. So, Jamie, I love your book because it's so action-oriented. And some of the things that I gleaned, um, I want to chat with you about today. You talk about going deep and not going wide. Can you tell us more about that? Absolutely. We get overwhelmed sometimes when we want to do something, when we want to change it, when we see a vision of how it can be different. And it's just like when I started building the schools, I want to, I was so worried about the community. And then, oh my gosh, the trafficking in, in Cambodia is dreadful. That shouldn't be happening. And then there's clean water that's got to be dealt with. But you know what? We can't do it all, Caroline. And when I say go deep rather than wide, Pick something that you can do, do it really well, concentrate on that, and don't try and do another hundred things around it. Yeah. And we can let that happen. Mm -hmm. And it's focus, right? Because sometimes we get analysis paralysis because we just try to do it all. And it's better to focus and do, as you said, one baby step every day. You better believe it. And as you're staying bothered and you're doing those little baby steps, it's amazing how those things lead to personal growth and change. And you don't even really realize it, I think, until you take a, another hard stop and say, oh, okay, well, wait a minute. I do feel better because I did something and I committed to it. And it doesn't have to be that big. Again, it could really be just showing up somewhere for a food bank. You don't realize those little things that really matter. I really appreciate your reference in the book to educating yourself. You said, watch TED Talks, listen to podcasts, emulate the leaders you admire. Now, you're a recent TEDx speaker. So tell us about that. That must have been a really powerful experience. It was incredible. I, I was so honored to be able to get up and share my story in hopes that some other person would be inspired because of what I had learned. And none of it was easy. The, the challenges that were put before me were, were a tough road, but because I just kept on, I saw what education can do for little children. I was determined for myself to keep learning. And I think it was in those moments when I thought, wow, I have so much around me and so much that I can learn. You can't ever stop. You can't ever stop. It's like we're permanently a fourth grade student. We just keep learning. There's so much. 
I love it. it. I absolutely love it. So you know what I find uh, really fascinating is that you have done this on a very large level, but you're also saying to people, look, it's okay to start small. Uh, but you talk about uh, you can't run a business successfully if you don't regularly walk in the door. And I think about that as an analogy for life. It's it's showing up, right? It is showing up. It's interesting because half the time, my kids, I have six kids, they would come home, the, the report cards would come out, and I talked to the teachers, they were maybe C students. Well, if they just show up with their homework, just turn it in, that's half the battle. And that's true about life. If you just show up, you walk through the door, just like it is when we work out, getting through the doors of the gym sometimes, that's a hard thing to do. But once you're in, you're in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You showed up and you didn't go to Starbucks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm delighted to to read too about how your philosophy is let go of failures, move on and learn. And I, I fully embrace that myself. But tell our, our audience a bit more about your philosophy there. I think it's very important to celebrate small successes. You know, we, we think that we fail at something, but the truth is it's just another door to realizing that you've made it, you've made something right. You've, you've done something good. Hold on to that. Turn around for a minute and look and notice and feel it. Everybody fails at something. It's just a matter of your description of failure, right? It, it's important. And I remember when we got all of our teachers in Cambodia backpacks, we were getting all these things for the, the children and the students, but the teachers didn't have anything to bring their, their supplies to school with. And it was one of those aha moments of, well, wow, look at that. You know, 20 teachers can carry their things and they're not getting wet as they're coming to school on their motorbikes in the rain. I, you have to stop and celebrate those things. You really do. That made a difference. You really, really do. Love it. You know, I'm also grateful that you talk about how to stay motivated. You know, we just talked about arriving at the gym and walking through the door as an important mm -hmm. step. But we're approaching a new year, right? And everybody makes that New Year's resolution. But the studies tell us that by February, most people drop it. So how do you stay motivated? I mean, I can hear this energy in your voice. It's palpable. How do you inspire us to stay motivated? I think it's important to realize that we're put here for a reason. We don't always know exactly what that is, but it's out there. And getting up to go do something good, I often wonder who gets more out of it. And once you start that giving of yourself, helping others, just being kind, it really is contagious. And when you feel it and you see it and you're kind of just what it's in the air as you walk through your daily life of going to picking up the kids or going to work, get, getting uh, your computer, doing whatever it is you're doing, you have to stop for a minute and say, man, I got this. I can do this. I am going to make the world a better place. It sounds like such a big statement, but look around right now. If people weren't doing the great things that they're doing to help others, our world would not be as good as it is. And it is good. Absolutely. And it's a cumulative effect. You also take talk about gratitude and how we can say thank you a million different ways and mean it. I'd love to hear more on that. There's, there's never too many ways that you can say thank you, and you can never say thank you enough. I, I learned early on in starting caring for Cambodia, I didn't have much to give my donors. As a matter of fact, I probably talked too much, and they were thinking, oh, stop. But 
all I could do was say thank you. I was so grateful that others actually cared for something like I did. It may not be to the same extent, but they cared about another child in another country that didn't have an opportunity for education if we hadn't been there and helped them. And saying that over and over to those people around you in your life every day, hey, I appreciate you. Hey, thank you. That really made a difference for what I was able to get done today too. They appreciate it and it's important. Same thing to our kids, our husband, our neighbor. Hey, thank you for checking up on the house. I can feel it. I appreciate it as you drive by. You know, thank you. It's it's a couple small words, words, but it sure does matter. Absolutely. So in the book, you talk about a new bother focusing on the emotional wellness wellness of American teens. Tell me more. I have... Uh, two teenagers that went through a very tough time uh, between their 14 to 18 years in, in high school. And they were dealing with stress and anxiety and depression. And oftentimes in our culture, our schools, and we as parents put so much pressure on our kids to succeed. What are your grades? How are you doing in sports? What are you doing after school? Well, I think it's a huge reason why suicide rates today among teens are higher than ever before. In fact, suicide is a leading cause of death for young people age 18 to 25. But as I dealt with those things with my kids, I realized this is a crisis. Our teenagers are stressed out. What can we do to help them enjoy the journey and not just worry about where they're going to get to? It's tough. It was really tough watching that. I can imagine. And you know what I really appreciate is you're saying, gosh, they're so stressed that they're missing this joyous time in their life that goes so fast anyway, right? So let's give them permission to slow down and live it and and be aware and take some of that pressure off of them. Absolutely. And in going through that with my boys, uh, I realized that it's not only them we're putting the pressure on. We do that to ourselves. Let's go. Let's get this done. And I'll bet anyone listening today knows of a parent or parents that are struggling to help a teen find their way or knows of a young person that perhaps has been to rehab or dealt with drug problems and they have anxiety or depression. It's so prevalent in our culture right now. It certainly is. So you wrote Staying Bothered with co-author Adam Snyder, and you talk about how Staying Bothered is a global movement. So what are your aspirations? What do you and Adam envision that you would like to see Staying Bothered become? Well, our mission is that Staying Bothered really inspires people to make positive change in the world, but through finding their own passion and staying committed. It's a grassroots movement, and we hope that those are inspired by it will spread the word on social media and, and within your own network. But the whole idea is to find what bothers you. Really commit to action once you find that, and to know that you can change the world by really staying bothered, not just getting bothered. Jamie, you're awesome. And I want to thank you and Adam for this extraordinary book. I'm going to share the title with our global audience, Staying Bothered, Find Your Passion, Commit to Action, Change the World. And it is available widely on Amazon and major book retailers. I hope you will check it out. Thank you so much. I learned a lot from you today and your palpable enthusiasm is just infectious. And I'm so grateful to have you on the show, Jamie. Thank you. 
Thank you, Caroline. And if you like our show, subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud. And even better, leave us a review because this helps new people find us online. And let us know what career-minded issues you would like for us to feature on a future show. You can find me on Twitter at Higgins. Special thanks to my podcast colleagues, Laura Deck, Executive Director of Publicity and Communications, and Claire McInerney, Executive Producer. Thank you both for making this show awesome for our global audience. I'm Caroline Dowd-Higgins. <laughs>